Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Pastor Jim mentions this from time to time, and I want to mention this too. I'm grateful for um, all of our worship planners and the work that they do. Um, but just curious about our uh, postlude song selection today. If you look in your bulletin, Sleepers Awake. I'm not sure what my mother-in-law is trying to say about my preaching there, but um, <laughs> but it has to do with it has to do with the passages that we're talking about. So, uh, if you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter five, we are continuing uh, in our study through Ephesians, and as you turn there, uh, yesterday was a big day in our household. Our, our son Sam turned one. Yes, thank you. We kept him alive for a year. Uh, it was a big day, but uh, as as those of you who are parents are aware, that first year a lot a lot changes in that first year of your child's life, and and that's definitely been true for us. Um, but one of the things that one of the things that I've noticed, so I wear glasses, and and. Or I wear contacts, and I'm basically blind without them. Um, I can tell that you are there. Mostly those of you that have brightly colored shirts, I can see. Somebody's waving, I think. I saw, I saw movement, but if, if anybody were to hold up fingers, there's no way I'd be able to say. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm blind without these things. And so, but, but sometimes what happens, and maybe those of you that wear glasses, those of you, one of the things that I've noticed is that Rachel does not wear glasses. She's never had to wear glasses. And she's, what's that? Well, I mean, this is what I've noticed, Beth, is that, is that she doesn't understand what it's like to not, to, to have to depend on glasses. And those of you that, that wear glasses, or maybe you're married to someone that doesn't wear glasses, maybe you've had this issue where uh, in the middle of the night you're looking for something, and they say it's right there, and and you have no idea. And you know I'm I'm like feeling, I'm really I'm in the middle of the night. I'm feeling feeling around for things, and and I can get really close. And and so so this has been true. And you know like I I know our house well enough that oh did I lock the door at night? I you know I'll get up and I can get there without putting my glasses on. And I can I can figure that out just okay. I kind of know where things are, not to run into things usually. But but when when Sam was born, there there are were many times where all of a sudden I'm awake in the middle of the night and having to accomplish tasks and and it's easier for me to just get up and, and do it than to try to find my glasses and put them on and and to to do it. So, you know, I'm 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 trying to change diapers and and I I can see but I don't want to get too close cuz that's kind of dangerous. <laughs> so, so all of this has happened and and so throughout throughout this last year, Rachel has been coming to realize, "Oh, you can't see in the middle of the night." 
And and she says, when she says it's right there, I say I can't see. And she says, oh okay. And she's learning some patience. But we're we're sort of figuring out. We've been married for seven years, but we're this is sort of a new dynamic within the past year that we've been having to to figure out. Uh, and and our passage this morning deals with deals with this idea of of fumbling around in the dark without without glasses on. So as we as we look at Ephesians chapter five this morning, I want you to keep this image in the back of your minds. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse verse eight. I know we Pastor Jim was supposed to cover verses one through seven last week, but he called in a substitute at the last minute, and I don't have that luxury. So, but we're just going to we're just going to pick up in in verse eight. I thought about calling him to try to get him to like Skype a, a sermon or something last minute, but he, I don't think he would do that. Anyway, verse 8, Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness. And we'll just stop there because we, because we are in the, in the middle of a paragraph. He says, for you were once darkness. He's, for is this, there's causality. What, what's it there for? What, what is he talking about? You were once darkness. So let's, let's go back to the passage Beginning in chapter 5, verse 1, and let's just, let's just scan through this. What is Paul talking about when he says, for you were once darkness? First of all, he says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you... There must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for the Lord's people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. So he says, as he says, for you were once like this. He, he first says at the beginning of chapter, one, of chapter 5, verse 1, he says, walk in the way of love. And specifically, this way of love is not just loving feelings towards, towards people and that we, we kind of love the people that we we get along with, and we kind of love our, our friends and, and those sorts of people. But it's specifically, it's follow God's example. Walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the way that we are supposed to love, and he says, he says that we are to walk in this way of love. It's, it's the idea of living in it on a daily basis so that in, in the first century world, everywhere you went, you walked. And so you would walk in the way of love. We could say maybe drive in the way of love today. Every, everywhere you go, everything you do should be in this way of love. And specifically, it's, the, it's, it's a love that is similar to the love that Christ had for us, that he sacrificed and gave and forgave us. This is the kind of love that he challenges them to, to live in. And then, he, and then he gives the flip side, and this is the darkness that he talks about in verse 8. He says, Among you there should not be any hint of sexual immorality, of greed, of obscenity, 
of foolish talk, coarse joking. There shouldn't be a hint of these things in the way that you live. And they, so in verse 8, when he says, you were once darkness, he says, this, this is a part of who you once were. These sorts of character traits, these sorts of behaviors were a part of who you used to be. You were once darkness. But now, you are light in the Lord. And this is really important. He doesn't say, you can be light if you stop doing these things. He says, you are light. This is, this is who you are. This is who God has made you to be. And so, live as children of the light. Uh, I have a flashlight here. I forgot it, and I had to run home during the first song and, and pick it up. It's nice when you just live in the parking lot. Um, uh, this, this is a, a flashlight, right? Yes, it works. Um, it's a pretty strong flashlight, actually. Uh, I wouldn't recommend pointing it in your face. But in here, it's, it doesn't really do much because there's so much sunlight. But in the, when it's dark, this, I mean, this can really brighten up the room, say, if you're scrambling around in the middle of the night looking for things without your glasses on. Um, but this, this is a light. This, this it, light is not on right now. Does that mean it's not a light anymore? Yes, no. No, it's still, it's still a flashlight, right? Um, so, and this, this is the idea. You are light, Paul says. You are light. You, you are one of these. Now live like it. Turn yourself on. Start, start demonstrating this light. And then he says this. He says, you, you have been freed from all of these things. And he says, the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. He says, you were darkness. You are no longer darkness. You have been freed from those things that made you darkness. You have become light, so, so don't go back to the things that made you darkness. Turn yourself on. You are free from those things. Live. And those things specifically, uh, all goodness, righteousness, and truth. This idea of goodness. We've looked at this before in the study of Ephesians. It's, it's the idea of, of something that is life-giving. So that when God created everything in Genesis chapter 1, he declares, this, this is good. This is good. He says, this is the character qualities that you are to have as light. That you, that you take on goodness. This goodness is, is generous. It's giving it's, it's an active sort of thing. And this is important for us to, to think about because oftentimes when we think about goodness, what we really think about is, is not badness. And so, so we, we, what we think of good is, well, it, it's not hurting anybody. It doesn't really seem that wrong, so it's, it must be good. But the idea behind goodness is, is an active goodness. So it's not just sitting around doing nothing and, well, I'm not doing bad, so I must be doing good. But it's, it's seeking out, it's pursuing, it's finding ways to do good for other people. It's, it's an active sort of thing. It's so that if I just stand here, this is not good. 
What's good is when I begin to serve. What's good is when I begin to give of myself generously to other people. This becomes goodness. The next word there, righteousness. Uh, Right living is a way to, to think about this. Doing things properly. Doing things in the proper order. The idea of justice is in this word. The idea of things in their proper place working the way that they are supposed to work. And when we talk about the way things are supposed to work, we're specifically thinking about the way that God has designed them to work. So that if I have, say I have a flashlight or I have an iPad, uh, it's, if, it, if it's not doing what I want it to do, it might be my own fault because I don't know how to use it, but generally it's, there's something wrong with it. If it's, if it's running really slowly or for some reason it's not connecting to the Internet or, or something is, is wrong, then, then it's out of order. Something, something is wrong. And this idea of righteousness is living rightly, living in a way that God has ordered it to work and to understand the world that God has created and to live in that way. And then finally, truth. Living in a way that is honest and open with one another. That we aren't hiding ourselves from those around us. That we aren't sort of, well, I didn't, uh, I had this, I'm not going to call them out, but I had this experience with somebody yesterday who said, well, I didn't lie to you, I just didn't tell you the truth. <laughs> I, I asked you a question, and, and this is... Uh, this is not what Paul talks means when he says truth. Is that again, it's not just, well, I'm not lying. I'm sort of kind of skirting the answer. Politicians are really good at this, right? That, that they, can, they can tell you something that, that is true, but it's not really what you're asking. And, and they can kind of find their way around it. And not just politicians. All of us are really good at this. We, we find ways to answer the question that somebody asked us without necessarily having to answer the question that somebody asked us and paul paul says that part of this fruit of light comes in honesty it comes it comes in in bearing truth to one another speaking the truth to one another in love he says elsewhere so paul says this he continues it says live as children of light The fruit of light consists in goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Again, Paul says this idea of finding out is is an active sort of thing that we are doing. That as as we act and live in the world, we are to examine our actions. To scrutinize the things that we're doing. And to say, is this, is this pleasing to the Lord? Is this, is this thing that I'm doing right now, it's not really bad. It's not really hurting anybody. But is it pleasing to the Lord? And this is what Paul says here in verse 10 is to scrutinize, to examine the things that we do. Is this, is this truly good? Is this of God? Is this what he wants from us, from his church, from his people? Examine ourselves. Pay attention to what we're doing. It's, it's the idea of living with intention as we, as we live and move in our world. Verse 11. Have nothing to do 
with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. He says, don't get involved in the fruitless deeds of darkness. Don't participate in them. They are unfruitful. They are a waste of time. And this, is, this, this has been convicting to me as I, as I read this passage and studied this passage. This idea of what is the darkness again. It's, he talked about uh, sexual immorality. He talks about greed. He talks about foolish talk, coarse joking. Uh, and sometimes we, we can, can participate in some of these things. Maybe we could say, well, sexual immorality, I don't, maybe I don't struggle with that one. Uh, but, but coarse joking, foolish talk, uh, making fun of somebody else, tearing somebody down. Well, it's, it's funny, right? Like everyone else was laughing. It's, it's a good time. These things are not light. These things bring about darkness. They, they tear others down. They, they aren't good. They aren't life-giving. They may not be true. And they aren't, they aren't ordering our relationships the way that God would want our relationships ordered. And we can, we can sometimes participate in these sorts of actions. Participate in this sort of conversation and, and jokes and, and, and have this as part of our day. And everybody kind of does it. And, and every, nobody knows. Everybody knows that we're not serious, that we're just joking. Or, but is it light? Is it good? Is it what God wants from us? And the, the challenge that Paul says here, this have nothing to do with these fruitless deeds. He says, don't, don't let these things just sort of hang around in your life. Well, it's not, you know, nobody's, I'm, I'm mature enough in my faith that I can kind of do these things and, and it's funny and, and I know that, like, it's not really hurting me and it's not really, it's, it's really only affecting me, but, you know, I, I'm okay with that. Paul says, have nothing to do with them. Don't let them just kind of sit, sit there on the margins of your decisions, sit there on the margins of your conversations with your friends. But instead, and this, this is really important, rather expose the darkness. And this is where the light comes in. Because oftentimes we hang around sort of in the gray areas of, well, it's not really bad, it's not good, it's not really... And so it just stays not really good, not really bad, just kind of in there, and we participate and everyone else does it. Paul says, turn on the light. Shine it into... The, the real darkness here is, is in here, and he's shining it into the corners, the crannies, where the darkness is still lingering. He calls us to be light into the darkest places of our world. To be light into those places where people are really hurting. Where it's not just, oh, that's kind of a funny joke, but there's actual pain 
in our world. And if we're just kind of hanging around over here, we don't have the time, we don't have the energy to bring light into those dark places. We don't have the time, we don't have the energy to bring healing and goodness into those dark places. And yeah, it's not really hurting anybody else, but it is hurting people because we have so much potential for truth and righteousness and goodness within us because we are light. And we just need to turn it on. We just need to turn it on. And Paul calls us and he calls the Ephesians to not participate but to, to go to the corners where it's dark and to expose them to the light. Verse 12, It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper! Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Wake up, he says. This is is an interesting passage, because normally when it says, this is why it says, is quoting something from the Old Testament. But this is is not a, a quote from the Old Testament. Normally you would have a footnote there that takes you back to, it's not there. Uh, Most people think that this is actually a song that the early church sang. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Which, which makes verses 18 through 20, which we'll talk about in a few weeks, uh, that, that much more interesting. That he quotes to them this song, Wake up, rise from the dead, and Christ's light will shine on you. Wake up. Wake up from our spiritual laziness. That, well, it's, it's, it's not really hurting anybody, so wake up. Like, put, put on your glasses, turn the lights on, and get the job done. And sometimes we're, we're just sort of fumbling around in the dark, half-heartedly doing what needs to get done, because we, we just want to get back to sleep as soon as possible. And what Paul is calling us to as a church is to live with the intentionality of, okay, we're, we're awake now. We've seen what God is doing in the world, and we are participating in this. So we're going to turn on the lights, we're going to put on our glasses, we're going to start our day, because we are going to be bringing goodness and truth and righteousness into our world. And we're not going to just do it half-heartedly and, oh, well, yeah, but this, it's kind of funny, so like, it's not, not really life-giving. But no, we turn on the lights and we get to work. But this is, this is, it's really important that, as we, that we stop here because there's a lot of instructions about how, how we are supposed to, to be living in this portions of Ephesians. Chapters 4 through 5 are really... This, this is what you need to start doing. But these, these chapters are founded on Ephesians 1 through 3. And I just want to pull out a couple things that happen. So Ephesians chapter 1. 
Let's let's look at what we've already been looking at, what Paul says. But let's let's revisit this so we can understand why Paul says this this is good, this is important. Verse one, uh, chapter one, verse eleven. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. In him we were chosen. Chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It is by grace that we are saved. Chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And these verses, and, and really all of chapters 1 and 3, these verses are foundational as we, as we move into chapter 4, 5, and 6. And as we look at our passage, Paul says, wake up, be, be light. He, he has already said, you are light. Now act like it. And so what Paul is telling us here is, you have been chosen, you have been called, you have been forgiven, you have been given a new identity in Christ, you have been given freedom in Christ, so that you can tell dirty jokes, so that you can tear other people down, so that you can waste your time on the internet looking at pornography. No. You've been given this freedom and forgiveness and identity and love that God has for you so that you can carry this goodness and truth and righteousness to the darkest places of our world. That you can carry goodness into your workplaces. You can carry goodness into your city. That we become people who bear this message of hope and healing and forgiveness to places that desperately, desperately need it. And oftentimes, we're just sort of sitting around, well, it's not really bad, it's not really good, Uh, I guess it's fun, I, I like it. I get a laugh out of it. Um, it says, wake up. Wake up. Turn on the lights. Start living your life with the intention of bringing light into those dark places. With the intention of bringing goodness into the darkest corners. The reality is, for a lot of us, that we're, we're very easily distracted. That God is doing a work in the world to bring about redemption 
to the people that he has created, the people that he loves, people like us, people very unlike us sometimes. But God loves them all. It's not he loves, well, he loves these people, but those, those people over there, he doesn't, man, they're so bad that, that God doesn't care about them anymore. He loves them all. They're all his, they're all his people. We're looking, we're, on Wednesday nights, we're looking at the story of Jonah. And here are these Ninevites that, that are enemies to the people of Israel that in a, a number of years are going to come and just wipe out the people of Israel. And Jonah says, God, I don't want to go to these people. Like, I, I, I'd rather die. And this, is, this is what he says. I'd rather die than, than go to these people because I know you're going to forgive them. I know you care about them. And, and God says, yeah, I care about them because I created them. I made them. They're important to me. And oftentimes we get so caught up in ourselves and the people, so that the people who are not like us, the people that are, that maybe we, we even label our enemies, people we, people we just really don't get along with, that when we have to, oh, we have to have a conversation with them, oh man, we're just dreading it. And then as soon as we, as soon as we leave that conversation, we're talking about them behind their back and we're, we're tearing them down. This is not life-giving. This is not good. And the call for the church is to be a people who have experienced the love of God. The unconditional forgiving love of God. And that we walk in this way of love. That we walk in this way of love on a daily basis. It's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. But it's good. And Paul's not saying, hey, don't have any fun. You know, don't tell, don't tell any jokes. Right? But it's that we, that we live and we, we operate in our world in a way that gives life to those around us. That speaks to one another with honesty. That, that tries to order things in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. And we examine our actions so that we're giving life to those around us. And we're not just wasting our time tearing people down. We're not just wasting our time with lust. We're not just wasting our time caring about possessions and stuff and being greedy for more. But that we actually bring life and light into the darkest places of our world. That we put on we put on our glasses, turn on the lights, and we start living the life that God has called us to live. Let's pray. Father, we We often, we just confess that we often participate in the darkness. We have been given this identity as light, as, as forgiven people who have, who have been saved from our sins, and yet we, um, 
are often content to, to hang around in those dark places. Not so that we can bring light to them, but so that we can enjoy them as well. So it's our prayer this morning. We first just want to, to repent, to ask forgiveness for the ways that we have not represented your name well in our world, that we have not brought light, and that we, as we ask for forgiveness, that we ask also for strength and courage and wisdom to see those areas in our lives and, and to have the courage to change, to have the courage to say, this is not good and we want to bring good. So God, we just ask that you shape us, that you be working in our lives this morning to identify those things, to examine, to scrutinize so that we can more adequately and more um, effectively carry the message of your love to our world. Pray this in your name. Amen. I, the clock back there says 11.53, which is slow, but it's still before noon, I think. So there's a lot of light out there, um, and I wanted you to be able to enjoy that. But uh, I, I just want to challenge you again, encourage you to, to take the light that you are, to turn it on, to wake up so that we can bring hope and love to our dark world. May the peace of God be with you.